As you watch this teaching, please subscribe, like, and comment so more people can see this message. Welcome to Home Group. This is Monday night, and we're so glad that you've let us come right where you are. And the we is me, Maxime Masnikov, and Denise Renner. Paul Renner is not with us tonight because he is working at the church, and Joel's not here because he's doing ministry business all over the planet. I'm so proud of our sons. And of course, Philip's not here because Philip's doing his ministry in the United States. But we're here, you're here, Jesus is here, and we're gonna have a good time tonight talking about how to survive and navigate a pandemic. And are you ready for this? Other coming periods of isolation. Now I can just hear somebody say, what? What? Other coming periods of isolation? Yeah, more is coming. And by the way, there's all kinds of isolation in life. You don't have to have a pandemic to be in isolation. Many people just live in isolation. How about people that are in prison? They're in isolation all the time. How do you navigate isolation? And different people think different things are periods of isolation. For example, I don't do well on vacations. When Denise and I go on a vacation and I feel isolated, ay, 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 it is miserable for me. For me, the worst idea of a vacation is going somewhere and laying on a beach. How do you, how, how can I navigate that? Or just me and Denise just going somewhere for days and days and days. And I've had to learn how to deal with periods when there's not a lot of people involved in our life. Now, Denise loves it. It's just not my character. I feel trapped. I feel alone. I feel like I'm suffering. So Denise and I have kind of had to learn how to do our vacations together because of me. Because I don't do well. Trapped somewhere by ourselves. So we have negotiated these hours we work, these hours we shop, these hours we talk, these hours we eat. We had to kind of work out a plan, not for her, but for me. I had to learn how to navigate periods of aloneness, and that includes vacation. How about if somebody's homesick? Rather than just twiddle their thumbs and say, well, will this ever end? There's a way to maximize any period. God certainly didn't give you the sickness, but if you're home, you're home. How do you deal with being home? Where I think about my mother, Denise. My mother just went to heaven. My mother was living in isolation for one year because she lived in an assisted living complex and no one was allowed to go see her because of the pandemic. My mother was in isolation for a year, a year. Well, what do you do if you're trapped? What do you do if you can't go to church? What do you do? Just let your spiritual life fall to pieces or do you take some other action to undergird your spiritual life? If you're in a period of isolation, you have to learn how to deal with it. Maybe you feel isolated in your job. Maybe you feel that you're isolated and away from your family. Maybe you've had some kind of a disruption in a relationship with a friend or a family member and you feel kind of separated and isolated. Of course, you want all that to be healed, but if you're in a period of isolation, how do you navigate it? There's all kinds of isolation that comes in life. Right, Denise? Yes, and you, you, one thing you can't do is don't just embrace it. Don't just say, well, this is it. 
and and just embrace it and be depressed and go into it deeper because that is a real trap. You have to maximize it. Mm-hmm. You have to get the biggest bang out of this I can get out of it. And you have to say, I'm going out. I, I am not staying in this and I am going out of this and I'm going out of it more victorious than I went into it. And that's an attitude. It is. But we want you to have the study guide. It's free. Just go online right now or give us a call. Go to render.org and get it right now. It's called How to Navigate a Pandemic and Other Coming Periods of Isolation. It's practical. Very practical. Every day we talk about something practical you can do. If you feel like you're isolated, it will really be a blessing to you and a great gift to give to somebody who feels like they're living in some kind of isolation. That would be excellent. And we're also offering you my book called Last Days Survival Guide. We're living in the last days. We're talking about navigating pandemics. Who would have ever dreamed we'd be talking about a pandemic? Well, a pandemic is one of the signs that we've come to the end of the age. How do you survive the end of the age? That's why you need to have this book, Last Days Survival Guide. So order yours. Give us a call or go online. And if you need prayer, please know that we really want to pray for you. We believe in prayer. I wish that you could have heard the prayer in our ministry today. It was like a thunderous roar. People lifting their voices, praying for our partners. And when you need prayer and you need to know where you can call to get somebody who will really pray for you, call us or send us your email. I pray, promise you real prayers of agreement will come behind you. But hey, today we're going to go to Luke 21. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. And in Luke 21, Jesus was talking about things that would occur at the end of the age. And he gave all kinds of signs. And actually, when you read Matthew chapter 24, verse 3, the disciples said, Lord, what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? They asked for one sign, but Jesus enumerated many. I love that about Jesus. You might ask him for one thing, but he'll tell you a lot. They said, Lord, what is the sign? And Jesus gave all kinds of signs, and they're recorded primarily in Matthew 24 and Luke chapter 21. And you got to put the two chapters together to see all the signs that Jesus listed. And when you go to Luke 21, verse 11, Jesus says, and there shall be pestilences. Well, some people say, oh, there's always been pestilence. There's nothing new about that. Why would that be a sign of the end of the age? Well, there have. There have always been pestilences. Somebody might say, well, there's always been plagues. That's right. There's been the Black Plague, the Bubonic Plague. There's been the Spanish Plague. Now there is this new plague. There have always been plagues. But in this verse, Jesus spoke futuristically. He wasn't talking about his period. They asked him, what will be your sign the sign of your coming and of the end of the age. So Jesus is talking about events that are going to occur about the end of the age. He was not giving a synopsis of human history. He was talking about the very, very end. And that is why in Luke 21, 11, he says, there shall be. Notice those words, shall be, not today, shall be. He's pointing to the end of the age. He says at the very end, you'll know you've come to the climax of the age because there shall be at that time pestilences. In Greek, it is plural. It is a Greek word, loimas, but it's plural. It describes multiple pestilences, which are old diseases being reactivated or 
newly emerging diseases never seen before. And this word can describe something of a pandemic nature. And because it is plural, it means it's not going to come once. It's going to come again and again and again. It's going to be repetitious at the end of the age. Well, let's talk about the current pandemic. Okay, we began with one virus. Now there's another strain and another shutdown and another strain and another shutdown. Now they're saying that another strain has come out. Now a strain has come from England and a strain has come from South Africa. And now they say this strain has found its way into New York and multiple shutdowns, periods of quarantine and isolation. Is it going to happen again? Well, I don't want to be a bearer of bad news. But based on Luke 21, 11, probably it will. Jesus said, plural, there shall be pestilences. And because it is old diseases that have been reactivated, it means some diseases that we think are done away with will wake up again. And it also describes newly emerging diseases never seen before. And of course, these kinds of things put people in isolation, quarantine. Who would have ever imagined that the whole world would have moved into quarantine. You know, Denise is over 65. And in Moscow, people over 65 were not allowed to enter from the exterior of the city to the inside of the city. So, in fact, they weren't even allowed to leave their homes. So Denise was under lockdown. She didn't walk out the door of the house for months by law. We're law-abiding people. She obeyed the law. Who would have ever imagined she wouldn't be able to go to church? We just talked to a precious couple who were under lockdown for one year. One year. They had the food delivered to their front door. The deliverers left it at the door. They didn't even see the people that brought the food. They'd open the door, get it, take it in. They lived under lockdown for a year. Who would have ever imagined such things? Quarantine. Well, how do you navigate that aloneness? And again, aloneness for you might be a disruption in a relationship that's caused you to feel separated. It might be your job that makes you lonely. Maybe you work by yourself. You feel isolated. Maybe you're alone because of sickness or alone because of a relationship that has deteriorated. There's all kinds of reasons why people feel alone. But let's talk about somebody who really was alone in the Bible. And that was the Apostle Paul. And when you come to 2 Timothy 4, verse 13, listen to what he says. The cloak that I left at Troas with Carpus, when thou come, bring with thee, and the books, but especially the parchments. I want us to focus on that phrase, bring the books. Denise, where was Paul when he wrote that? He was in prison. He was in prison. In fact, Paul spent years and years of his ministry in prison. And a Roman prison, the Greek word phylake, was a terrible place of isolation. You talk about a quarantine. I mean, you are totally, totally isolated. A Roman prison was a horrible, horrible place of detention. Horrible, forgotten, abandoned. And there Paul sat in prison. And sweetheart, this is amazing to me because he already knew he was going to be killed at this point. Nero was the emperor, and Paul knew that he was going to be decapitated. They were going to take his head from his shoulders, and they did. They took him out on the side of Rome. You can still visit it in Rome today. Very few people go there. I don't know why. 
It's very abandoned. It's not very well taken care of, but you can go to the very site where Paul was decapitated. And historians tell us that when that moment came for Paul to be killed, he saw the pillar because the way Romans killed is they used a half pillar and they laid the victim's head on the pillar and then they cut the head off. In fact, if you go to that site, there's a pillar there that they say really is that same pillar. And historians wrote that the Apostle Paul was so excited about seeing Jesus that he ran to the pillar and embraced it and willingly laid his head down. He knew he was about to meet the Lord. Yeah. But he was in a period of isolation. He knew he was going to die. Well, guess what? When somebody's dying, they know that they're about to go to heaven. And guess what? When you go to heaven, your questions are answered. Suddenly you know what you never knew. Your mind, your spirit, you're so filled. You see the Lord. You come into a whole new realm of understanding and revelation. Everything you always wondered, suddenly you know everything. In fact, the Apostle Paul even says that in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. He says in that moment, Ignorance is going to pass away. You're going to know everything. So Paul could have said, well, you know, I'm in this period of isolation. Why read? I don't need to read. They're going to cut my head off in two months. I'm going to know everything. But hey, he was alone. He was isolated. He was under quarantine. So rather than waste his time, he said, when you come, bring me the books. I just think that is amazing. He wanted to read. He said, bring me books. I've got time to read. I'm by myself. And Denise, I'm thinking about how many people say, I just wish I had time to read. Well, guess what? You have time to read right now. Or people say, well, I just wish I had time to study my Bible. Well, when you're under quarantine, when you're in isolation, here's something you can do. You've got time to study your Bible. Your dreams have just come to pass. You have time. You can read, 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 study, 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 rather than go into a period of isolation, complaining that you don't have time, seize it. So when you come out of your period of isolation, you have really spiritually and intellectually grown. Seize it. Amen, Denise? Oh, amen. Amen. You know, I just want to encourage you because... When you get in isolation, don't invite fear or depression because that's what a lot of people do is they get in fear that that's where they're going to be. And oh my gosh, what's going to happen to me? And oh, this is going to get worse. And what if and what if? And then depression comes and it becomes a terrible place. But the isolation place, like Rick is saying, it can become a place of increase. You say increase, what kind of increase? Increase in your mind, increase in your heart, that, you're, that you, <clears throat> you spend more time in the Word of God. We, I told you, Rick just told you, we've been isolated. I especially have been isolated. Well, I don't just sit around and watch television. Uh, I just can't do that. But I, I guard my spirit is more, more precious than that to just put anything in my eyes and my ears. But seriously, I'm telling you the truth. I take the opportunity to listen to other preachers, to to read, to study, to meditate, because this is what I want inside of me. This is life. And this is an opportunity. Isolation can 
It can be what you make it. It can be life transforming. Exactly. And it can be an opportunity to know him better. Think about the Apostle John. Oh. He was in his 90s on the Isle of Patmos. Talk about isolation. Yeah. Yeah. Living in a cave. And it was in that cave, in that lonely place, that he had the revelation of Jesus Christ. That period of isolation became a place of transformation. And you have to determine, I'm not going to waste this period. God didn't send it. It's not God's will, but I'm in it. So since I'm in it, I'm going to maximize it. Now, I want to tell you what me and Denise do, because Denise said that you can listen to a lot of preachers online, and you can. You can't. Today, we're blessed. Just think if the Apostle Paul had had internet, he would have been listening to so many preachers. He would have been filling himself with what God was saying through other people. And I want to give you some recommendations of really good sources that will fill you with faith during a period of isolation. And during a period of isolation, you need to be careful what you listen to. Don't listen to fear-infested teaching. Anything that makes you fearful, turn it off. God is a good God. You're going to make it. This is going to end. We're going to come out on top. We are the head. We are not the tail. We're above only. That's God's will for us. And if you're listening to anything that's taking you down, turn it off. Listen to something that's going to build your faith so that you come out of this period strong. And here are some names of people that we listen to regularly that we trust and we recommend to you. Number one, Kenneth Copeland. I love Brother Copeland. Denise and I know the Copeland family. Kenneth and Gloria are friends. George and Terry, all the kids, all the grandkids. And I'm going to tell you, there's a real life behind their message. When Brother Copeland and Gloria says something to you, you can count on it to be the truth. They love the Bible. They live by the Bible. And Denise and I feed on the teachings of Kenneth and Gloria Copeland. Amen. Amen. Or how about Kenneth Hagen? Pastor Hagen, or how about senior Kenneth Hagen? He's in heaven, but his voice is still speaking through tapes, CDs, audio, books. I've listened to Brother Hagen, senior, in this time. And I listened to Pastor Hagen. Just good, solid meat. You know, I don't look for real sensational things. I look for things that's just meat and potatoes, something that I need for my soul and for my spirit. How about Joyce Meyer? By the way, all the people that we're mentioning to you, they're all our personal friends. Joyce and Dave are our very good friends. We've been on vacations with them multiple times. I'm going to tell you, Joyce Meyer is the real deal. Joyce Meyer, I love to listen to Joyce because it's just a good dose of common sense. I think God put Joyce in the body of Christ kind of like a mother just to slap us and tell us to behave right and think right and do right. And I just love Joyce Meyer. Joyce Meyer is good for anybody. You need a good dose of Joyce Meyer. She'll help you. Or how about Andrew Womack? We have known Andrew and Jamie for decades and decades. We knew them when nobody knew them. And Andrew Womack is just as solid as solid can be. If you're looking for something good to feed on, feed on the teachings of Andrew Womack. Or how about Brother Bill Winston? Bill Winston. Wow, what a teacher. Line on line. And when you hear Bill Winston, you're going to always hear something brand new that's going to challenge you. Or how about Keith Moore? (sighs) Love to hear Keith Moore. He's just so marvelous. I'll never forget a message Keith did about dying. 
I've never heard anything so exciting in all my life about dying. Mm -hmm. I mean, his take on scripture is so filled with victory. Mm -hmm. If you need something to make you victorious, listen to Keith Moore, or how about precious Bob Yandian, who was our pastor for years and years. Bob is in a niche by himself, verse by verse, line on line. You can trust anything you hear from the lips of Bob Yandian. If you're looking for something that's trustworthy, look to Bob Yandian. Or how about our precious friend, John Bevere? Mm -hmm. John will encourage you to press into holiness, fear of God, repentance. John Bevere is such a mighty blessing. And if you're interested in really good, solid teaching on the end times, how about Perry Stone? I listen to Perry. Don't always agree with everything Perry says, but I find him very entertaining. And I find him intellectually challenging. And I really like Perry Stone. I am attracted to him like a magnet is attracted to metal. I just find him so interesting. And I find him to be very solidly rooted in the Bible. I love Perry's end time teaching. Or how about Mario Morella? Denise, you and I have known Mario for years and years and years and years and years. Mario is always calling the church to do the right thing. I love Mario. Mario, we love you so much. And if you want something that will really challenge you, listen to the teachings of Mario Marillo. Or how about our friend Beth Jones? She'll take you back to the basics. Oh, Beth is so anointed. I love to see her, the way she communicates. And for me personally, when I know somebody is trustworthy, my heart's open to them. Beth Jones is such a marvelous Bible teacher. Or how about my precious friend, Tony Cook? I love Tony's teaching. I go to his website weekly because there's so much there for me to feed on. My friends, all of these teachers are there. These are reputable people. And there's one more that I hope you find reputable, and that is Rick Renner. We have a lot of materials out there for you. And we believe that our job is to provide teaching that you can trust. Meat and potatoes. We want to put it on the table. Uh, you're never going to find our teaching to be real sensationalistic. That's, I'm not even that way personally. That's just not who I am. I believe in being rooted, being anchored, being solid, and saying things that's going to help people live their lives. But the point is, if you're in a period of isolation, there's a lot for you to feed on. Paul did not have the internet. Paul did not have television. He did not have media, but they had books. And so when he was in a period of isolation, he knew he needed to fill himself with good resources. And so he said, hey, when you come, I need my coat because it's cold here. And please bring me some books. He decided to maximize his aloneness by filling himself with good resources. Maxine? Yeah, uh, when you're being isolated, it's a great opportunity. It's a great opportunity. And if I may add to this list, I don't know if, 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 uh, if it's okay for me to say it, but Gentis and Franklin. Oh, he's marvelous. I get a lot oh. from his teaching. Oh, he's, me too. He's good. Amazing. Isn't the body of Christ filled with so many wonderful people speaking for the Lord? <clears throat> but there's a lot of good voices out there. Now, there's some that I think are not good voices, but these are marvelous. That's why I'm mentioning them to you. If you want something you can trust, these are all trustworthy voices to speak into your life, and we know them all. Really, we know them all. And we're going to tell you there's a life behind their messages. 
but we're out of time. But when we come back tomorrow night, we're going to do number two, something else you need to do in a period of isolation. And every night this week, we're going to be talking about practical things you can do to maximize and to navigate your aloneness. It's going to help you. But go to bed and sleep well. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye. If you enjoyed that teaching, please like, subscribe, and comment so more people can see it.